lot of recruiters are posting jobs and, you know, calling candidates reactively and, and running the wrong stuff by them. So how do you differentiate against that? You can't do it in one call or one email. It takes a long time to nurture a relationship with someone who's worth nurturing a relationship with. Yeah. So, you know, our, our available talent that's been nurtured over, over months and years. And, you know, any subset of our recruiting database that we have relationship with is going to be available at any given time. Typically it's around 17%. Right now it's 14 or 15%, which just tells you how aggressive this job market is. So the relationships matter, our ability to, to deliver our, our candidates to our customers matter. And just as importantly, our, our ability to deliver quality assignments to our candidates yeah. matters. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Our firm focuses on three areas of opportunity as it pertains to technology in our industry. First is expeditious acquisition of technology, helping you make quick decisions and good investments for the betterment of your organization. The second is business process change management and adoption. And then finally, evangelization of your new differentiators of your digital transformation. Call Leap Consulting Solutions today. This episode is brought to you by Kylo Partners. Kylo is your Bullhorn Specialist and Bullhorn's first global implementation partner. Our solutions have helped 950 plus companies worldwide to transform how they use Bullhorn and get more out of their tech stack. Our products provide you with tremendous ROI, including Kylo Awesome Docs, the complete document management system right in Bullhorn, and the most powerful data management tool in the ecosystem, Kylo Data Tools. To learn more, visit kylopartners.com. What is happening, Rob? How you doing? Lauren, I am fantastic. It is great to see you in your new office, which is super exciting. Yeah. There's a big book cover in the back frame and there's a big Leap Consulting poster. Uh, it's a good day to be talking to Lauren Jones. And, and you know what? It is. I have my signage on the door. I mean, like, like I, I, I walked in the other day. I'm like, I am adulting so hard right now. Look at you, <laughs> like, you big business owner. I know. <laughs> I <didn't... laughs> like big girl pants on. They have like umbrella insurance and stuff. Oh. <laughs> very exciting here. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, Lauren, we are going to continue our conversation um, talking about strategies for the are we in the 21st century uh, staffing and not in the 19th, um, right. which is posting and praying, I think, is the way that the 19th century did staffing. Yep. There's and, still uh, a lot of that going on. Uh, uh, oh, we fact, know. Oh, go ahead. The, a the average job posting is six and a half years old. So everybody, oh. could you please go into your job posting repository and maybe do a little refresh on those? We could do better than that. Anyway, do uh, to, to do that, we actually, last week we interviewed uh, Rohan Jacob, the founder and CEO of Time Saved. Uh, in their mobile first um, platform. This week, we're actually going to sit down on the agency side and talk to uh, someone who's been dreaming up on-demand staffing services for a while, Dave, David Smith of Triple Crown. How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, you you, awesome. you were just on so here for, our, for our intro. So we, you know the energy we got. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the backdrop in the office. 
you know, I want, I, I, I want that. You're giving me a new goal or. Yeah. Okay. Dave on the pre-call was like Jones and over Jones's office over there. Look what I, <laughs> look what I did there. I made it quite funny. Anyway. Smith and Jones. I mean, it's a constant right. battle. I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm standing out here with a very generic class name. So that's I, yeah. even more fun. Anyway. You're the man. Hey. Technically, technically, I would like to call. One day, I'm going to write a re, uh, like a research report on why Taylor Swift is the actual man because uh, she's a badass businesswoman. Uh, and she has a song called "The Man." But anyway, that's a different different topic altogether. <laughs> uh, Dave, quick two minute elevator pitch yourself, your background, and Triple Crown, please. Yeah, my name is Dave Smith. Uh, I've been in the staffing business for 25 years. Uh, we started Triple Crown in 2004. I have uh, three business partners: Sabatino Guerrero. Padma Sakara, Ravi Aramilli. And the point of Triple Crown was to focus specifically on hardware and embedded contract needs. So our goal was primarily to be candidate centric, right? So, you know, a lot of a lot of moving parts go into a business. And in ours, it's our our team, our staff, our candidates, and our customers. And we thought a lot of our competition starts by focusing on the customer. Uh, we thought it would make sense to start by focusing on on the candidate, right? So that, that when we found customers, we already had the answers to the test, right? Yeah. So we built a business that just tunnel vision on hardware embedded and, and temporary. Um, and we've grown it over the last 18 years from just two people on a phone to now we have five locations, uh, 120 internal staff and almost 600 uh, engineers deployed in the field working on temporary engagements. So it's been a pretty good story. We're, we're proud of it. Uh, one of the things that differentiates us is that just relentless focus and uh, we're very candidate centric. So in, in, in my ideal world, in our ideal world, the candidate, you know, and the, and the customer have an equitable relationship, just like any guy. Well, no, now that's I, the I real mean, world I, now. Oh God. Yeah. This is, I'm like, I'm obsessed with this and I'll, I'll tell you why, because he who has the candidate wits, particularly now, and if you've done any work into nurturing, you know, your candidates up into this point, you are definitely reaping the rewards of that right now. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, when I ran, uh, when I ran Northern California, I mean, I, my, my sales director and I, man, we would lock horns all the time in a really good competitive way. Cause I'm like, the sales process starts with the candidate. And he's like, no, the sales process starts with the client. I'm like, we can get clients. We can't always get candidates. So I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to build the inventory and then you're going to go sell that inventory, which we don't like calling it inventory. We call it human capital. And, uh, and, uh, but I believed wholeheartedly that it was an easier conversation to have when you ha have, when you had something tangible that the customer needed. So oh. I love the fact that you've built your business based on that. It's smart. Thank you. And, um, oh, Dave, yeah. you also, something that's really interesting to our point earlier in our intro, our quick intro is that you have never posted a job. Never. If I remember correctly. Amazing. So we're not one amazing. of those six and a half year old jobs. We I don't, know. You know, where, where, where very, you know, well, you don't start a triple crown as a recruiter and then get promoted into something else. Recruiting is its own career path. Um, you know, I, I've never picked up the phone and made a, uh, an outbound cold sales call to a customer. My cold sales calls have always been to candidates. And over the course of my career and our company, 
you know, the recruiters are, are, are very important, right? Their job is to foster relationships with candidates. And because we're helping temporary folks, they become available every six or 12 months. So the relationship doesn't end, right? It's not like I'm, I'm Rob, I'm putting you to work for Lauren. And then, you know, you're there forever. Um, you know, it, you might it already feels that way. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. I was I just waiting for a lot of them. I had a hit at home <laughs> run on it. Anyway, God, Dave, sorry. I know. Well, we can do something about that. I can't, but I know people who can help you, Rob, if you really want to get off from under this. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Um, so, so, you know, we, we, we care about the relationship, right? So we've got, we've got people that we've deployed 20 plus times that, you know, I've had one or two recruiter relationships over 18 years. So the relationship wow. becomes very important uh, because we never wanted to get into a scenario where, you know, we have all these customers who need us, but we can't help them, right? You know, right now, the demand for, for the space that we're in is very high, right? Yeah. Hardware engineers are extremely difficult to find. And, you know, I don't even feel that we're adequately prepared to solve our customers' full needs to our own standards, right? So, you know, we're trying to triple the size of our recruiting team over the next 18 months. And that's, that, that's our biggest challenge because we want to make sure that we can solve everybody's problems, right? And it ebbs and flows. Sometimes the, the customers have a little bit more leverage and sometimes the candidates do. We're in a situation right now where, where the talent calls all the shots, but the best relationships are the equitable ones, right? Like you've had bad relationships where you're doing all the work or somebody else is doing all the work and those don't feel good. When the candidate and the customer are, are on the same page and we can help them get there, it's a good story. But how do you do that, right? There's 20,000 staffing firms in the United States, very fragmented. So, you know, a lot of recruiters are posting jobs and, you know, calling candidates reactively and, and running the wrong stuff by them. So how do you differentiate against that? You can't do it in one call or one email. It takes a long time to nurture a relationship with someone who's worth nurturing a relationship with. Yeah. So, you know, our, our database of available talent that's been nurtured over, over months and years. And, you know, any subset of our recruiting database that we have relationship with is going to be available at any given time. Typically it's around 17%. Right now it's 14 or 15%, which just tells you how aggressive this job market is. So the relationships matter, our ability to, to deliver our, our candidates to our customers matter. And just as importantly, our, our ability to deliver quality assignments to our candidates yeah. matters, right? All those things matter. So that's what we've built the company on. No, I, um, I love it. Um, Laura, do you have something to say? I can see. I could go on all day about that. It's like a different conversation that we set out to have, by the way. Yeah. But Dave, well, you, no, you might be back, Dave. An, you might be back. It's God. an important one. It all ties in. It all ties in. And it's an important one to have, you know, as you're looking at, at growing your organization. And I have this conversation as a consultant all the time. Like, um, what are your salespeople selling? Yes. Uh, and it can't just be we're better and it can't just be we Will's have a million candidates in our database. Yeah, it, it, it can't be intangible. And that's, you know, I remember going to the table time and time again 
um, for these large, large fulfillment deals. And the reason that we would walk away winning was because we had a tangible recruiting plan. We had a review of the uh, candidate database that was available and willing to, to, so we had something tangible that the customer needed and we could demonstrate, you know, that, that, that access. And when you can do that, it's such a more meaningful conversation. So I just, I think you've got it right. And I love the fact that you haven't posted a, a dang job posting because, you know, as we opened up with that in and of itself is a, a, t a mountain that we have to move as an industry um, to get better at stop showing up and throwing up all over the internet. Oh, totally. I mean, to me, you know, the, the notion of a job description is antiquated, right? Like, like how do people shop for things right now? They know what they want and they go research on the internet or they go somewhere and, and, and they buy it. Right. So, you know, they're not, they're not writing out, like when you decide you want to go buy a car, maybe you do a list of, all right, well, these are the things that I want and these are the places that I can go get it. And you no, you do it much faster than that. And you know, I, I think it's the opposite. I re I really think, it, it, you know, before I pack it in, in this business, I would love to see the flip, the script flipped in the other direction, right? Where, where the candidates actually choose the job they want. And I think we're heading in that direction, right? Because if anything, the last couple of years told us is all the old rules are out the window, you know? <clears throat> We had an organization where 10% of our workforce was working remotely prior to the pandemic. And now almost 60% of our workforce is working remotely because why? They had no choice. And in that time, all of the customers realized, wow, I have access to a greater pool of talent than I've ever had before because I've, I've broken down that barrier that they have to be right next to me. And all the candidates have realized, wow, I have access to a greater pool of gigs than I've ever had before because that barrier is broken down. So the competition has intensified and that's helped drive rates up, at least in our space. And I think across most, most places, right? Because the, the demand is significantly exceeding the supply um, and the people are able to, to pick and choose what they want to do, how long they want to do it. Uh, when they want to transition. Um, and it's very much more out in the open than it's ever been. So those, those things excite me. Yeah. I, um, I say I had a friend over for dinner last night. Usually we do this thing and this is kind of fun to do is we, I grill for a group of friends every Monday night or on Monday nights, depending on availability. And a couple of Mondays ago, maybe a, maybe a month ago now, she was complaining that she was massively underpaid. She was doing three jobs. Right. She was an office manager, uh, executive assistant to this uh, multimillionaire who's a real estate developer down here. And uh, she was also the pro like the property manager. So she's like running the business, helping this guy run his life and also running the, the property that they were building. And she went in there, she got a 40% raise just because we like, I was like, everyone, I was like, hey, listen, it's your market, right? Someone else is going to make you an offer to do all the things that you can do. She actually quit, put her two weeks notice in after she had her initial conversation. And then the next day they came back to her and they're like, we cannot let you go. Like, here is like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to grow? And that's exactly to your point, Dave. It's like, that is, that is, it was such a powerful conversation and she was super uncomfortable having it. And like a month ago, I had to convince her that that is where we are. Like you are the driver. Stop 
stop letting like, pretend like somebody else was your driver uh, and go drive. And she did. And she got a 40% raise. And now she's doing like the things that she likes to do and a little bit less of the things she doesn't want to do. And hopefully we'll pass those off soon. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think, I think, you know, ultimately you want to get to a place where there shouldn't be anxiety over having that conversation. You shouldn't have to quit to have that conversation, right? You well, should be able to, to, to go in to wherever you are and say, Hey, you know, this is what's working for me. This is what I like. Um, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm worth. You know, let's talk about it. Right. Well, in, in her yeah. situation too, just to kind of clarify, sorry, this, I left this out. They, it was an amicable conversation between her boss yeah. and her, and he was afraid she wasn't, he wasn't going to pay her. And she had an offer more than what they wanted to do, like what they were ready to do on the day before. So it was an amicable, like, okay, like then I should go. Right. Then the boss was like, yeah, like you got a better deal. Like I'm not going to match that. Go you know, take care of yourself. And then they came back and, and had that. So it was super interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting because you, you know, I think, I think about it from both sides, right? When you're, when you're her boss, you're like, oh, shit, I can't lose this person. Uh, but I really had thought about paying it. And then when you, when you step back, you think, all right, well, how valuable is this person? What's the opportunity cost of trying to replace her? Why, why would I do this? If the market is telling me that her rate is more than what I'm paying her, and we like each other and there's a relationship there, let's just make it work. Why, you know, why do I have to lose her to somebody else? So it's good that, that, that whoever her boss was got there faster than most. You should uh, never have to quit to get no, a raise. Ever. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, I, well, so I need, I need David to tell the story of you know, how, how this on-demand has you, we, we, we started just kind of, uh, tip of the iceberg of the conversation of, of, you know, sort of what your belief in these on-demand products and sort of your aha moment in, uh, in, in how this could be really powerful in putting the, the candidate in control. So tell us the story. Cause I love it. Okay. Well, if, if I'm too long-winded because my business partner, Sab, accuses me of being long-winded too much, just chime in and move me along. But uh, along, along the lines of, um, you know, talent first, you know, our, our philosophy is, hey, recruiters, build yourself a quality database, about 200 people that you love, that you have relationships with. Understand that some of them will convert to direct or retire or move on. So you're constantly trying to, to, to keep that going. And at any given time, a portion of those people will be available. And you'll know that because you have a relationship with them. You talk to them regularly. And when they are available, you amp up the communication and advocate for them, right? Well, whenever they're available, they go on what we call a hot sheet. And I think most people in the industry call it a hot sheet, which indicates hey, these people are available. So every individual recruiter at Triple Crown has one of those. And about 10 years ago, we decided to, to, to mash them all together and make them available to our sales team. So that to your point earlier, Lauren, when you're trying to sell, what are you selling? Oh, you're, you're telling me you need an ASIC verification engineer with system Verilog and UVM? Hang on a second. I've got 600 people available. 40 of them are in your, in your wheelhouse. Six of them are in your backyard. Three of them have worked for us before. Do you want to interview them right now? Are you in front of your computer? Take a look at these, right? So we right. trained our sales team to, to do that. Right. So the evolution of, hey, take the job opening, function against it, um, show candidates to try to generate interviews. We try to leave out that process and just go straight to the interview. 
So we're training our salespeople to do that. And it was working, right? We, we were saving a lot of time on both sides and we were trying to get customers to be open to remote work and not being obsessed about resumes and face-to-face -face interviews. And it was working. Um, and then I found myself after almost 20 years single. And, you know, what did I want to do? Well, I wanted to see what it was like to, to go, to go start dating again. When, when I, you know, got with my first wife, you're in the basement of your parents on a rotary phone, you know, just waiting for it to ring and communicating that way, like with a cord and this landline and young people <laughs> oh my, don't know what that right. is. As the youngest person on this call, I had a rotary phone in my basement. You did. Okay. So yeah, mine was like avocado green. And then the push button one was like gross yellow. So, you know. Long, Sounds about long right. cord. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, fast forward 2011 and I'm like, all right, now what, what do I do? It's the, where's the rotary phone? It's not there. So, you know, you, you talk to single people and you're in your thirties and you're lost and you get on match like everybody else in their thirties does. And when I got on match, I was like, wow, this is, this is very similar to the business that I've been in forever. So this is going to be much easier than, you know, the random stuff that used to happen in the, in the early nineties. Right. So, you know, some of the stuff I didn't like about matches, it was way too detailed. I mean, you show up to the first day and you have the person's life story. So what are you going to talk about? Right. It's, it's almost <laughs> like an interview and you get to know the person. Then one of the younger people was like match, you got to get on Tinder. You know, I'll never forget where I was. What's Tinder. Give me your phone. <laughs> you know? So the kid takes my phone and he sets me up on Tinder and, and there I am. And I'm like, oh, this is better. This is more organic than match because I'm not getting Lauren's life story. I'm getting a couple pictures, uh, some witty blurbs, and then I get to decide if I'm interested. And she gets the same back. And it's, it's, it's a little bit more organic. So to me, I was like, this is good. Now, I wasn't on Tinder to get married. I was on Tinder to date. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what our businesses like triple crowns is our, mm -hmm. our customers and our candidates are getting married. Sometimes they fall in love and do get married, but sure. most of the time it's, it's, Hey, I'm here for nine months. I'm going to knock this project out of the park. If you want to extend me, I'll do another one. If not, we'll both move on to the next thing. Yeah. So very, very similar. Um, turns out I ended up meeting my wife on there. We've been married for, for five plus years and she's fantastic. So I, I have a very favorable experience of Tinder and we at Triple Crowd have been trying to replicate that. All right, I'm too long with it. No, no, I'm long with it. I just want to give Lauren a hard time about the only person on this call who didn't meet their significant other on Tinder because I did too. You were big limited. No, the story. Oh my God. I told you this I multiple times. I met mine the good old fashioned way oh, at work. Yeah. <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, that, that happens too, right? Yeah. So, but that's organic. Yeah, Dave, I didn't mean to cut you off to, to say you keep going. I just wanted to. No, but, that. but so, you know, we had in parallel at Triple Crown, this, this hot sheet thing going on and, and we're trying to, we're trying to make our sales team understand the power of, uh, that they have there, right? That's a differentiator. Again, we have the answers to the test when most of our competitors are promoting recruiters into sales roles. So the candidates on the other side feel picked over. Every three or six months, I got some new person that I'm dealing with, right? So, you know, we don't have that. So when we put someone on the phone, there's a high probability we can deliver that person if the client goes fast enough and makes, makes an offer quickly enough. So we've got that, you know, train rolling where we're tr 
training our recruiters to hey, be on top of your hot sheet, make sure it's up to date. And our salespeople to go straight to interviews. Well, this Tinder thing comes along and we're like, how can we get our business there? And we don't have a wonderful answer yet. Now, Lauren, you were on the pre-call, like you were starting to tell me your solution to that. And I'm, I'm yeah. ready to hear it because it sounds amazing. Oh, um, yeah. Like that's, we should probably, that's where I want to go. We should, yeah, we should probably talk about that, right? So, you know, uh, before the consulting solutions, I had a startup um, and uh, probably about a year and a half before I started Leap. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, two years before I started Leap, I had this company called Job Love um, Incorporated. And because I believe what you believe, that people are looking for connection foundationally in their work and in their personal life. And so Job Love was about creating that same Tinder dating scenario uh, where uh, both parties need to thumbs up one another in order to reveal additional information. Uh, and there's some, you know, topical information. We, you know, we used to, uh, Birkenstocks or dress shoes, you know, so, you know, flip we were creating really, really fun answer scenarios to kind of chip away at getting more information. That whole sign up culture thing that we talked about. Um, and you have to get um, the data that you're trying to get. Um, from candidates and customers in a nuanced way, meaning, you know, it needs to come in small bite-sized pieces. And so um, we created this experience whereby we were literally just creating pipelines of like-minded individuals that, um, you know, I've always thought that candidates think that they want to work at Google or think that they want to work at Microsoft. And those, those companies and organizations may be in total misalignment to who you are as an individual. And that's where, you know, people can feel lost, not seen, you know, not accepted, that whole connection thing um, in their work. And so the idea was we create these meaningful pipelines of candidates through um, take the job off the table. There were no jobs posted on these. This was literally just company culture to, to candidate, candidate uh, values. Uh, and so no jobs, just having conversations. And because if you have an, any recruiter, any good recruiter will tell you this. We don't talk about a job. We talk about the candidate. We talk about what the candidate wants, what the candidate is looking for. And then we, we determine if there's a suitable alignment between what we have available for that and that I wholeheartedly, I was a really good recruiter and I wholeheartedly believed and still believe that if we take the job off the table and just start having conversations, we will literally fill our pipelines full of, of candidates that fit the culture of the organization and create the stickiness that we're looking for. So I agree with you that the more we can kind of focus on connection, like literal connection, like dating connection, and create that type of experience that we're gonna have candidates and customers that like each other. Yes. So what happened with it? Do you still have the technology or? I, you know, I, I didn't, I made some, it is really important who you partner with. I'm sure you can appreciate that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I did not have the right partner. And uh, in in the spirit of transparency, and so you know when you when you don't have an equitable partnership, you know it, it's you, you can't you can't go anywhere. And and so 
that that's that's where it is. I still have all of my stuff. You'll still find the website out there, job love, uh, myjoblove.com, you know, and uh uh but uh yeah, more to be maybe maybe to be continued. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean it might be the right time now. It wasn't the yeah, right time right? two years ago. <laughs> It's a different world. Well, yeah, that, that's the problem, right? Like we've, we've been trying to build this out for, I think, six or seven years now. We've tried a million different ways. Multiple partners. We tried to do it ourselves. We're, we're you know, misfits. I have the I have the answer for that. So we'll have to talk. <laughs> okay. And we, we, we're close now, right? So we have okay. we have the best partner we've ever had. Uh, but the challenge there is 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 getting both ecosystems together, right? So the, yeah. the, the, the thing that we have is we have an app for candidates to be able to do that right? But the clients can't interact back. We right. have a, a, an on-demand portal for our customers to do exactly that, right? We have 182 paying customers. And one of our differentiators is those customers have access to what our non-customers don't have access to. And that's our six, six to 700 available resources, right? So our customers can get on and they can, they can directly pipeline into our vetted, reference checked, oftentimes worked for us before talent and go straight to the interview. Or even once we built some credibility, hire just because we have the credibility, right? Um, you know, if, if, if Triple Crown has, has, has solved seven problems for us and they're telling me they've got two people that have worked for them before that have excellent references they can start on Monday, I don't need to interview them. Let's just have them start on Monday, right? So that that's our that's what our triple crown on demand tool is intended to accomplish at the highest level. But additionally, what we're finding it's accomplishing is some of our customers are now gaining the confidence to take on more work, right? So they might say, "Man, we're tapped out. You know, we've got all of our resources deployed. There's three projects we can go take. We only have the internal resources to handle maybe one, and we're not even sure." Well, they go, they go on our tool and they see, oh, wow, there's 25 available embedded people that could do this right now. So chances are when we take on this project in two months, there's going to be 25 that can do it. And I only need 10. So I feel confident to go win this project, right? So it's, it's giving them really transparency into our business and what we've been building for the last 18 years. And in, in an ideal world, You'd want to have that on the other side where the candidates can do the same thing and they swipe right on each other, right? If, if they mark themselves as like, like if, if Lauren says, I need people like Rob and Rob's on the other side saying, I need gigs like the ones Lauren has available, they mark themselves as available and then it's just Tinderized, right? Oh, let's mm -hmm. swipe right on each other and start talking. And then end to end, you know, the onboarding can happen inside of there. The, um, the interviewing, if necessary, can happen inside of there. The time, time reporting can happen inside of there. The feedback loop can happen inside of there. The likes or dislikes can happen at the end. And then we've got this whole specific hardware embedded ecosystem where why would you go anywhere else? Just, right. just come to Triple Crown and solve your problems, right? Well, you said another thing that I think is really profound and, and that's, uh, which I it's like, when, when did it happen in our industry that customers started checking our work by doing interviews? And you know what I'm saying? I mean, like yeah. we, we, we started out with customers that trusted us and we would just send our, our best candidates. And somehow along the way, we've gotten into this rhythm of, 
okay, so let's go back and forth for an extended period of time on whether or not we agree this resume reflects the job posting. And, you know, as opposed to trusting the agency that you're paying a pretty nice markup to, to understand you enough to align you with the right talent and just send the right talent, you know, and I get sending your two or three best candidates, you know, for a specific role, but this, this sort of monster that we've created with our, our customers and, you know, delay, I mean, delaying start dates through this lengthy interview process. I think the more that we can move towards what, where you are, where, you know, it's a direct send, you got to trust me to send you the right people. Uh, I mean, candidates are going to be happier because they're going to work faster. They're going to have a, a, a frictionless experience. Customers are going to be happy because they're not having to do 27 interviews because they have a partner that can provide them with the right talent. I, I, it, we, we have to stop that madness. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, okay. oh, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say culturally, right? Like sometimes a couple calls just to make sure that they're not going to be a huge cultural mismatch. Sure. The recruiter probably knows more about your company than you do. Usually the person outside observing is fairly more aware of the things that are happening um, exactly. sometimes to you. Well, so, oh, God. I mean, what's, what's interesting is, you know, you asked, when did it happen, right? So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, you'll go to a uh, SIA executive forum and you'll, and, and, and you'll hear them get up and talk about, yeah, there's 19,000 staffing companies and, you know, 140 of them do more than $100 million in revenue. That, that is like fragmented as anything. So when it's that fragmented and there's so many people trying to, to get in and compete, it's, it's an easy barrier to entry, but to be good at it, it takes a lot of time and energy, right? You don't just flick a switch and you're good at it overnight. So right. that, that's what erodes trust. But I think what's happening now is the market is saying, you don't have the time to be picky. If you're yeah. too picky and you obsess over resumes and you write job descriptions, you're just losing talent. Mm -hmm. And now the talent all talks to each other, right? Okay. So a, a, a form about like you, me, about you, right? And your interview, so like, awful process. Our customers will get, kid, oh, no, I don't want to go there. Why don't you want to go there? Ah, a lot of bad, bad press on there. Or I've worked there before and I know people that have worked there before, right? So when the, when the customer is too bureaucratic, the talent knows and now they have a, an easier way to communicate with each other than they ever have before. It's only getting easier. Yeah. As the world gets smaller and they have more opportunities, they have the power to say no more than they ever have before, right? So it's it's a table turn that's it's happening. You know, I think if you if you can get to a place where your customers start to trust you, they will now start doing it more because of how they buy things and services outside of work, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, an, an engineering manager, for example, 10% of his time should be dedicated towards building his team. And the other 90% should be dedicated towards delivering and executing on whatever they're supposed to be doing. I think that's flipped right now. And most of these managers would rather be focused on building something and worrying about constructing their teams. But when they go home and they decide, hey, I need to, I need to get a new house or I need to rent an apartment, <clears throat> they're going to go on Redfin or Zillow or Realtor.com or whatever. And they're going to put in their parameters and they're going to see what's available. Um, and then once they've saved their search, periodically they're going to get, hey, this thing's available. Are you interested? 
And then they look at it and, and over time they start to develop what they want. Um, and you know, nobody's really buying a house with just one click, but man, if, if you need, if you need, um, a new headset or this podcast fancy mic that they made me get for this thing, you're just, go, you're just going on Amazon and buy it out, right? You Have sound it terrific by the way. So I appreciate <laughs> that fantastic mic. You have no idea how technically a misfit I am. So I had to have my 20 year old son come over here and set this thing up. Uh, and then I, I tried to work it and I didn't, I, I didn't have headphones. Cause I don't, I just sit in my office and I talk to the computer and it works and I don't ask questions. This is so amazing. I, I like, uh, it was a, it was a nightmare. Anyway, go my favorite. we have a whole television conversation about setting up for the podcast. Um, but I mean, you, you buy services, right? Like we want yeah, to get just our like customers that. to a place. You bought consumerism. It's it's yeah. the consumer. Yeah. It's the educated. It's not even that they're educated. It's that they have access to the knowledge that, that you know, we, we always, you know, you say like the salesperson used to have access to the knowledge. That's nonsense now. You know, the, rec the, the recruiter used to have access to the, you know, the human capital and the inventory of, of who's available to work. That can be easily access now, what you guys are doing. And, and my thing, one of the things that I kind of heard is like, if you are charging people, like, I don't know if you guys are doing this, but like, if you're charging a retained fee to have access to that hot sheet in the app, like your, your customers who are paying you, maybe they're paying you to do, like they pay you, you know, retained fees, but if you're a retained business, but you can also show what's available very easily, that's a whole nother level of value because now. Well, I know you guys don't like, but think about how that works in someone's head. It's like, okay, I, like you said it, you can't, you can bid on different projects because you know what resources you can have available. Right. So as your yes. business, you can function better if you know, like you can function future facing, right? Which is, you know, the stock market is a giant futures game. It's, it's just a giant game of futures, right? Uh, so is gas apparently, but um, <laughs> it's a different conversation. And you know, you could take it and say, hey, I can win more business because I know Triple Crown, to your point, has 10 of these that have already worked for Triple Crown multiple times, and I can see them, and I can possibly see when they're available to, to, to start, or, you know, I can see when they go away, and I can call my recruiter if I need something, if I need more information on who's coming available, and then we can get that very quickly. So I think there's just a huge value add to the customer because there's knowledge, which is the whole thing about Redfin, the whole thing about Tinder, like all these platforms are just telling us the same thing, right? It's like, yeah. if you have more knowledge, you can be more successful. Um, mm -hmm. so, so Triple Crown, um, we don't charge our customers for access to that, right? They're already they're, customers. They're, they're, they're repeating paying. The, the, so yeah. so we, we think, hey, if we're adding value to both, this is a differentiator and it, you oh, know, it helps you beat your competition, right? And, and if you're, if you, if you buy the service, great, everybody wins. The candidate's happy. They get a job. It pays well. Uh, they got, they got the resource they needed quickly. Um, and then, you know, we're happy because we made that connection happen. So it's good. But you mentioned something. Um, I was, re I read a book by Daniel Pink several years ago, but, but he was a keynote at a bullhorn convention and he was talking about mm -hmm. if, if, uh, I think it was, um, information asymmetry, right? Where. 30 years ago, the salesperson had all the power, right? Cause they knew the industry and you kind of had to trust them to tell you what was going on. Now, if I want to buy a car, I could do 
I get, I have access to everything. What the, what the uh, invoice price is, the MSRP, all of that before I walk into the dealership. Yeah. And I've gotten to a point where I, I buy cars sight unseen because it's not that big of a deal anymore. You can do everything you need. Um, and, and, and in this market, you can sell your car for a profit. So there's really no risk, right? Yeah. Especially I, I bought a car. A truck. I bought a car today because my parents don't drive. They're one of their leased cars and they went yeah. to the dealership to turn it in and it was very cheap compared to buying a new car. It only has like 7,000 miles on it from a three-year lease. So, um, I did curbside pickups. Here's the mom and dad. Yeah. Nice. I literally well, did curbside pickups. Yeah. 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 I, Why not? So I, anyway, this has been fantastic. Um, Dave, who, one follow and one book on your One follow and one book. Who would okay, you follow well, on social easy. that's valuable? At, or it could be the same. That's also worth Well, I'll give you two. So, so you know, the, 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 the book's a toss-up for me between uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and mm -hmm. Principles by Ray Dalio. I okay. uh, can't really follow Napoleon Hill on anything. Yeah. Um, but Ray Dalio, I mean, I'm like drinking that Kool-Aid, man. Our, our, you know, we, we taught that book last year, right? So there, we, we used to do a lot of stuff in person with our leadership team, and we, we didn't last year. So we, we put together this curriculum based on Principles by Ray Dalio. And, you know, the, the, the big theme that, that keeps coming back with him is radical honesty and transparency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're willing, when you, when you start any conversation with that and the person on the other end is, is knows that that's what they're going to hear. And you know, you're going to hear that back. Communication gets very easy. So we spent a lot of time at Triple Crown on, on, on his concepts. I follow him on, on the, on the old person, social media stuff that I'm on. Uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and every day I, he posts something I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, and you know, so, it, so, it. <laughs> I so love it. those, those two, and then, you know, how to think like an entrepreneur, I, I haven't read a better book than, um, than Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So, um, Laura, what are you reading? The right mindset. I am reading, There's I'm still in, um, I'm still in Invisible Women because it's a pretty lengthy book, but I also picked up the complete notes from the universe. Um, it was a recommendation from Rachel Pedersen, who's like a marketing guru. So anything, any book recommendation she's coming up with, I'm reading. Um, and then I have my head in, uh, eight secrets of powerful manifesting, uh, okay. which is a little woo woo, but I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm not normally a woo woo, but I have started to see the power of where I put my energy. So more than kind of wishing for it, manifesting it, just where I focus my energy is where, you know, and that's very natural where I see really good results. So I I've got my head in three books right now, which is unusual, but I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm anxious. So when I'm anxious, I read. <laughs> I, uh, I just finished Bob Langer's uh, Ride of a Lifetime, which. Okay. And then I got the book that Natasha recommended. Natasha. Yes, I picked is, it up too. Yeah, which is cool. But I, you couldn't see it. So it's what to do when it's your turn. And it's always your turn. I Seth got it. Uh, Godin, mm -hmm. uh, Dave. So, okay. okay. It's, like a, it's actually, it's kind of like a picture book, by the way. So it's kind of nice. Oh, so it's easy to read. It's super easy to read. And I, Does it I, have I, big I, words too? Uh, <laughs> some of them are. I picked Can up. Can you color in it, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's colors. It's a mark. You could tell a marketing person made this book, guys. I'm just Let's be honest. You. <laughs> Let's be honest. Someone who's really good at marketing made this book. Uh, and they did. So well, together we rise is next on my list. It's in my ah, I'm All so right. excited to hear that. That's awesome.
Yeah, and I'm, I think I've made it through everyone's chapter. Because I also read most of them before you published it. Because yes, I was Rob editor for Lauren. He was, he was my editor. Like, should I say this? I just needed a male perspective. That wasn't my husband. That's super. <laughs> that's interesting. Helpful. Yeah. Let, Leslie, Leslie, that's that Leslie struggles with that. The male perspective in, yeah. in our conversations, which is yeah. great. It's great to get it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, that's why you have to have diverse boards, diverse workforces, For diverse sure. companies. There's, because you got to be able to just bounce things in very quickly and have that. I love that radical transparency. Yes, um, uh, so. you would love Dr. Stephanie Johnson's inclusive idea. That, uh, it's all about diversity in teams and the results that they can uh, they can achieve, um, kind of, and the different types of um, leadership. I, I think you'd find it fascinating with the sort of radical transparency that you have going on. What's the name of it? Inclusify. And then if you haven't read Aaron Meyer, Hastings, No Rules Rules about Netflix's culture. I have, I have that. I have that. I have that. Like I'll see a book, order it. Yeah, but that was I've fascinating. Got back of them. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah, quick it too. Clearly, You'll go clearly. Quick. Yeah, Lauren's always <laughs> got like six books in her, in her like stack. So anyway, Dave, this has been amazing. Um, we'll, we're probably going to have to do this again. So. Yeah, um, this was awesome. Thank you Dave. for thank you. sharing. Sure, thank you. Great, a great mindset and strategy and lots of leadership and then just really great perspective. So thanks. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. So signing off, this is Rob. And I'm Lauren. Now go do something good.